This is your morning routine. Put some respect on my name. Cap and J Hood. That's right. That's right. We bad. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Follow Cap J Hood on Twitter and Instagram. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now. Now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out, bring them out. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Oh! Welcome in to the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and also streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With Courtney Cronin in for Cap. I'm Jonathan Hood. We've got Jay. We got Jay Moore. We got you for a three-hour ride on this Wednesday morning with open phone lines for you. 312-332-ESPN-332-3776 is our telephone number. Good morning, Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash ESPN went down in Chicago. That's why we can watch this show and all the shows right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. Courtney, good morning to you. How are you? I am good, and I'm ready for tonight. You know what tonight is? What is tonight? Northwestern Indiana. Yes. Yes, I can't wait for that as well because Northwestern is the only relevant basketball team in town. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm looking forward to this afternoon. Ah, there she is. Big J journalism. Courtney Cronin. <laughs> there she'll be on Around the Horn. That is you today, correct? I thought about, yes, it is. And I, I went to bed thinking about our little phrase that we're trying to fit in. Yes. I've got five right now that I'm working through. Okay. Now, we still have our listeners here at ESPN 1000, and of course on Twitch. You've got to be able to shout out the Cap and J Hood audience with some phrase from around the horn. You've got to do it today, just for us, just for the morning show. We, I will. And I thought about wearing the green Bulls jersey that Cap was wearing on his beach vacation mm-hmm. in his recap, but I don't have one. Uh-huh. I only have my red Derrick Rose jersey that's somewhere in like the closet with cobwebs on it, but... I was going to do that as an ode to Cap, but he's not here, so I need to find another way to incorporate the theme of the show into Around the Horn. You don't need to ode to anything for Cap. Uh, Cap odes himself every day, <laughs> so you don't need to ode him anything. But, you know, you know, here's something that we have not talked enough about, Courtney, and Shay brought it up this morning, and I think it's very true. Think about what we're on the precipice of. I mean, it's a new day for the Chicago Bears. And we've been through off seasons before, teams that have underachieved, teams that did not reach the playoffs, firing coaches, firing general managers. We've been through this before, watching the Chicago Bears. But this new era of the Bears seems new and fresh because you don't know what to expect. When you have a general manager in place like Ryan Poles, when you have a president, Kevin Warren, you are going to have a new stadium in the near future. You have this Chicago Bears team that's never, in my lifetime, started from rock bottom. There's a difference between being bad and saying, on purpose, we are going to tank. And Justin Fields, we want you to take all the slings and arrows and deal with it until we get this team right. We've never seen that before. Look through the history of the Bears. A lot of bad teams. Even the Ditka regime, when they first started, I mean, there was still some talent there, but it had to be molded and shaped into what Ditka and the organization wanted at the time to be able to get to a, a Super Bowl championship. But, Courtney, this is the most important offseason in my lifetime in Bears history and maybe maybe in Chicago sports history, quite frankly. Yes. 
Yes to all of that. And the more I thought about it, because I remember the day after the season ended, you guys asked me that question. And I was trying to contextualize it in my head of like everything else that's happened in this city. And I know you and I yesterday were going through some of the worst moves that have happened in Chicago sports history based on is Patrick is passing over Patrick Mahomes for Mitchell Trubisky skyrocketing to the top of that list. And at the time, I felt like not all that qualified to be able to answer that because there's so many other franchises outside of the Chicago Bears that have gone through periods of transition, periods of rebuilds, periods of being at the top, and periods of being at the basement. And the more I think about it, with the way that the Chicago Bears drive the conversation of sports in this city, where it's a year-round conversation in the NFL, I think it is the biggest off-season in Chicago sports history based on all of the pieces that are in place and all of the boxes you have to check in order to get to 2023, the start of the 2023 season. New stadium, first you got to close in the land. Sure. But that's the first big thing project-wise outside of the roster that has to happen. We've been waiting for more than a year now being told, hey, end of the first quarter 2023 is when they are aiming to do that. If, what if, happens if they don't? Well, if Kevin Warren wasn't here, I'd be very concerned. But because he's here, it gives me solace to know this is going to go smoothly, as smooth as possible. Exactly. And I mean, this is somebody who got a stadium built in three years in Minnesota. So I have confidence that that same path will follow here. But you think about the fact that the offseason, the entire offseason, free agency and the draft all runs through Lake Forest because they've got the most salary cap space of any team in the NFL. They have... The number one overall draft pick, do they keep it? Do they trade it? What kind of haul do they get? Are we starting to see teams tip their hand for what they might do? And then additionally, this roster right now, like, I mean, think about how many they left 25 players go in free agency last year Mm -hmm. and the roster looked completely different. I expect this roster to look almost the same in terms of how different it's going to look as it was last year to where we are now, you might have upwards of 18 new starters next year. If you're looking through this roster thinking about who they brought in as as stopgaps at certain positions, I can tell you a lot of those guys are not going to be around the the next season because of what's going to happen this offseason. So given all of that and the dawn of a new day, more or less, with this Bears team, it's... We're truly going to be able to judge the success of Ryan Poles and what he can do based on what he does now. Because last year, he just had to find players to field in games. But that was it. You're signing one-year guys on veteran minimum deals, one-year deals, drafting a lot of rookies. You had five rookies from day three play 15 or more games. Like Mm -hmm. You were relying on your depth just to be able to get through the season. Now's your chance to go out and get franchise-altering players, game-changers, game-wreckers, the Hassan Reddicks of the world. Uh, for the defensive line, people like that to build your roster because now, now you're off the ground floor. Mm-hmm. Now you're actually at like level one. Yes. Whereas the last thirteen months, they were just trying to like dig out from the basement. Yeah, and, and so from my standpoint as a Chicago Bears fan, I remember the earliest I remember is Ditka coming into Chicago, former Bear coming in, and that team was. Uh, Three and six, eight and eight, lost the conference and won the Super Bowl in 1985. But again, this is a team here that had to be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. But and it was there was some talent, and then reimagined as they brought in new talent, and they were able to work in the Ditka system. When Wanstead got here, it was some of the old Bears that he had to work with, trying to and trying to put in some of the fresh Bears, and it was kind of a disconnect, kind of uneven because. 
some of the 85 Bears are still hanging on on the offensive line. It's kind of like, oh, geez, these guys are long on the tooth, but we love them. And then people say, you know, how could you get rid of some of these great Bears? But they were long on the tooth, and Wanstead had to deal with that. Only one playoff appearance for Wanstead when he was coach of the Bears. Dick Duran, the same thing. I mean, a young Brian Urlacher comes around. was great. Jim Miller was the quarterback. Again, one playoff, just a pop-up. Uh, playoff, not very often. It's like the silly says, the pop-up stores. Hey, there's a pop-up store this weekend. Now it just went away on Sunday. What happened? Well, that's how the Bears have been for a long time. With Lovey Smith, he had to kind of reimagine the defense the way he wanted it. There's some playoffs there for sure. But again, what my what I'm saying through Smith, through Trustman, through John Fox, through Nagy, and where we are with Eberflus, Courtney, we have not had a team on purpose say we're going to start from the bottom because that's a hard sell. You're on the other side of that desk, and you are Michael McCaskey, or George McCaskey, and I'm Poles, and I'm saying, yeah, you know what we could do? Let's start from the beginning. That's a hard sell because I'm sure that owners in the league believe, well, we got talent. We just need new coaching. No, we're going to do this the right way by starting fresh. That's got to be hard for an owner to hear, but if McCaskey acquiesces and if it works, they're geniuses. Poles probably sold it in a way that you just did, saying your strategy of one foot in, one foot out is not going to work. I know Akeem Hicks is a beloved player by this, by this fan base, by this franchise. Mm-hmm. He was a dominant force for you. He's not going to fit into what we're doing you know, going forward. Khalil Mack, the same thing. He's not going to fit into what we're doing going forward. And so we've got to find a way to you know, move, uh, move along from this situation right now and build what we have to build. You have the quarterback, at least last year. They were in a situation where they had Justin Fields. They didn't know exactly what he was because of how you know his rookie season went. But they had the plan in place, and, you, and Poles was sitting on leverage. Let's not forget that he was offered a job by the Minnesota Vikings four years versus five years. You get that extra, that extra year if you're George McCaskey saying, all right, I believe in you, I believe in the sell, I believe in the clean house approach because – They've never taken that before. So why not? If you've tried everything else and you haven't tried blowing everything up, then you eventually have to try that to give yourself one chance to say, all right, we actually did the full rebuild. We didn't do the retooling. The competitive rebuild was what the Minnesota Vikings did. And did it work for them this year? Yeah. But they're about to go through their own situation because you keep kicking the can down the road. The inevitable is always going to happen. Players get old. There's attrition. You end up having to move on from pieces of your roster that were staples at one point but don't fit into the future in knowing how long players last in this league. So I think they did, took the right approach last year, and it was a hard year because last year was all about cutting the fat yeah. and just trying to get to a spot where you could actually build on something because before that they hadn't been able to. So very uh, rare, if all, at least in my lifetime, to see the Bears do this. And I want to equate this to other Chicago sports teams. Cubs fans, when you were able to win the World Series under Theo, you know that the team wasn't very good. You're going to lose over 100 games. You know that the team was not going in the right direction. But I knew as a White Sox fan, when Theo Epstein came to the Cubs and said, the mood's about to change at Clark and Addison. I knew a World Series championship was going to happen because if Theo can't get it done, who's going to get it done? And I knew that that was going to happen at least one time, and it did. And so from that rebuild standpoint, 
you liked it, because, but you needed to wait a few years for you to be able to get that championship. With the White Sox in 2005, they came out of nowhere. Nobody saw that coming. It was kind of like the same game plan for the Sox. Just have some guys from other teams come in as attractions, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden uh, the pitching was the best I've ever seen. They win a pop-up World Series championship. With the Bulls, a couple of situations there. So post the Jordan era, it, it failed miserably. They try to get some old veterans in there to try to help, like Jalen Rose, E-Rob, and guys like that. That did not work. Then Derrick Rose comes. And Derrick Rose was the best opportunity for the Bulls to be able to be a perennial playoff team. And they were until Rose got hurt. And then you saw the rest was history. They never got over the hump. and never got past LeBron. And the Blackhawks were able to win three Stanley Cup championships. And the way that was built was amazing, too. You, you start with a base with Taves and Kane. And then you build around it, and you get free agents like Hosa and others that come in. You have a championship. And you know where they are now because, again, it's a rebuild. Just think about it, Courtney. For the Bears, this is the most important offseason in my lifetime uh, to see what this Bears team is going to do. It really is. So let's get your thoughts here. Shane, let's open the phone lines. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. Do you believe that this is the most important offseason in Chicago Bears history? Let's get your thoughts in on that because think about this. In a few weeks, we'll be talking about, we'll continue to talk about the draft. We'll be about free agency. So I want you to think about this, Bears fans. All the teams that you root for, Cubs, Sox, Bears, the Bulls, the Blackhawks, is this the most important offseason in history for you as a Chicago sports fan, let alone Bears history? Along with Courtney Cronin, Jonathan Hood with you, Captain Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. Okay, it's about that time. You're tuned in to the Captain J. Hood Show. Everything ain't hardcore, you know. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. It's the Captain J. Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With Courtney Cronin in for Cap, I'm Jay Hood. Hope that you're going to have a, a great Wednesday. We'll have Shot or No Shot coming your way at 8 o'clock right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. Courtney and I are asking the question to you, do you believe that this is the most important offseason in Chicago Bears history? And I'll open it up to Chicago sports history because, listen, as a fan, especially during the offseason, especially for baseball because it's such a long season, you go through the winter and you go look through the hot stove uh, uh, news and notes and finding out what's best for your team, how does your team get better. And the same thing with the Bears. When you have this much ca- salary cap space, when you have the number one pick, it is vital to find out the direction of your team. As I always say, Courtney, like you could be at the top like Kansas City or the bottom like the Bears because at least you know where you're going. But in the middle in sports sucks because mm-hmm. you don't know where you're going the next season. You're going to get better or you're going to get worse. At least I know the direction of the Bears. When you're at the bottom, and I've seen the Bears, and you've seen the Bears in last place for a long time in their division, no shot for the playoffs. But when you know that purposely you're going to start with Justin Fields as a base and move your way through and try to make your way with mobile, um, with trying to be able to go up in the division and be able to be a power in the NFC, and I think it's, it's great for the Bears because at least they see the forest for the trees. They know Here's what we have. Here's the money we have. Here's the free agency. Here's the draft pick. Here we go. And you don't want to be in this situation again if you are a Bears fan. And not even just like the number one pick aside. Yeah. Having that much salary cap space, go look at the previous roster because that'll tell you why you have north of 
you know, $99 million to spend Mm -hmm. because there's nobody on the roster that has any of the young players that have gotten extensions yet. The guys like a Cole Komet, maybe Darnell Mooney, Jalen Johnson, the people that you think are core players and you think are players that you can build around as building blocks in this, in this offense and this defense. But the roster right now is comprised of guys on rookie contracts and veterans on vet minimum deals, inexpensive deals that aren't going to be here. You don't have anybody making a ton of money as a franchise game changer. You Teams that are really good, teams that are constantly in the playoffs, that are outside of that purgatory state in the NFL of where are we going, where are we not going, because the Jets can say that they're constantly in that. Yep. But at least they're trying. Like They're trying to build something. They just can't get out of their own way. The Bears have long been in that middling stage. And once you accept that and go to the bottom, then you can start building. And so now when you have all of the salary cap space and you're cap planning two to three years out, that's what you're thinking about with extensions and guys that you want to bring in and you can spend in free agency. That number shrinks. So in in totality, you don't want to have that much salary cap space because that means your roster is not very good. Right. Most times, like that means your roster, you haven't spent at the right positions when you find yourself having to, you know, take on dead cap, which the Bears have shown that they have no fear in doing that and just cutting dead weight when it has to happen, as they did last year. But when you can actually start spending the money that you have on assets you expect to help this team win games, that's when that number shrinks. And it's not a bad thing, but it means that you're spending towards the direction and the goals that you want to go in. We've seen some bad teams with the Bears, but this is the most important offseason in Bears history in my lifetime. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell us that we're wrong because we've never seen it like this before. A number one pick, all this space. Now, again, here's what I will not guarantee you. I'm I'm not saying that it's going to work because it's it's a longer conversation, but... The idea of tanking in the NFL uh, doesn't work out all the time. Does it get you to the playoffs once or twice? Sure. Major League Baseball, NBA, you could tank and be able to be a perennial playoff team. In the NFL, it's not quite the formula, but at least the Bears have picked a lane. Years past, this would have been Khalil Mack still on the team. Akeem Hicks, as you just mentioned, will still be on the team. And then you're trying to stack on young talent on top of veteran talent. And then there's a mishmash of, mm-hmm. of, of talent, and it does not work. You know, especially if the Bears are running it. That's how it used to be. Because How do I know that? It's because we saw that in the Wanstead regime. We saw it a little bit with John Fox regime. I don't want a quarterback. Yes, I want a quarterback. Back and forth between him and, and uh, Ryan Pace. Okay, so you know who won that. Pace won that. And Fox was fired. So we want to get your thoughts. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. In Moline, here's Jason, who leads us off here on Cap and J. Hood. Good morning, Jace. Hey, Jay Hood, you are the man. I appreciate everything you do. Courtney, you are a light in the dark when it comes to good information for the Chicago Bears. Thank you for all your work. Thank you. I'm going to get straight into it. And I'm going to say that while I understand your opinion about this being the most important offseason, I think we are on the precipice of not our most important offseason, but the most important opportunity we could have. I think it's going to be really important for the Bears to prioritize trading down their draft pick, not only to uh, prior or get more picks, but also to look forward to the next draft and possibly trading back with a team like Houston or Indy that um, 
is most likely going to have a bad record. Well, well, I, I guess I, I guess Jason, year. I guess Jason, the point is, is that when have you seen the Bears be able to have this embarrassment of riches, at least on the surface? Having the number one pick means exactly what you're talking about. You can keep it. You can move down and get more picks, and then also the money they have for free agency. That's to me. That's why it's important because you and I have not seen this before. Not with the Bears, right? But I think I think the the important part here is with having the leeway of uh, this fourth year with Justin Fields and also having that extra first-round pick with a bad team in 2024 to open yourself up to the Caleb Williams uh, pick uh, next year if Justin doesn't meet the metrics that the Bears need him to meet. It's a good fail-safe, but you don't and you hear that I'm a beacon of light. Mm-hmm. Like, I, has anybody ever called you a beacon of light? No. They okay. call me a beacon of something else, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to this, so thank you, Jason. Yes. Um, you don't want to be back in that spot. Like, If all goes well this year, if you hold on to Justin Fields, and if he truly is the, the quarterback for 2023, like Ryan Poles said he was going to be, then you're not even in position to go get a Caleb Williams or the quarterback, Drake May, the quarterback from UNC. You don't want that. You want to get it done now. Like, if you're a Bears fan, do you want a whole other season of 3-14? and 14? Do you really want to go through that again? I'd rather not, no. You want to see, of course, like the, the ultimate scenario is 3-14 and 14 to the scenario we laid out yesterday. If you can go worst to first like the Bengals did, great. But the realistic thing that you want as a Bears fan is the sustained success of 3-14 and 14 to maybe... Eight and nine, and from there maybe, or you know, even seven and ten, and then maybe getting you know above nine wins to getting a winning record. Like there's, if you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? Because there's an, you're right, embarrassment of riches. You don't want all these things. You don't want to put yourself back in position for the number one overall pick or to be a top five team. Because I mean, unless they trade with Houston, unless they trade with Indy, and both of those teams are terrible again next year. If things go according to plan, they shouldn't be drafting in the top five in 2024. Shay. Well, that's, Courtney, what you just said is why I think this offseason is the most important one. Because if you get things right this offseason and you see the incremental improvement and you see you're going in the right direction next season, then 2024 becomes the year where it's like, we have the cherry on top. Let's add, and then we have a team that hopefully can contend for a Super Bowl. If you go the wrong way, you get this offseason wrong, then next season you're looking at resetting both the coach and the quarterback. You don't want to be there. You're going to be three years behind the clock again. And this is, we haven't brought this to the air yet. Hootie, I don't even think you know this, what I'm about to say. Mm. Cap and I, before he went on vacation, had a conversation. And what Courtney just said opened my eyes because I was going to bring this up when he gets back. I asked him, next season, would you rather be 8 and 9 or 4 and uh, 13? And he said he would rather be 4 and 13 because he wants to be picking in the top five again. Wait, wow. wait, 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 wait. This is somebody. If you're four and thirteen, you you have an, a quarterback issue this year. Correct. That's, That's correct. what I but said. But I thought he was a Fields guy. He I, is. Told, I said if you're four and thirteen, that means Fields was horrible. And he said there's just not enough talent. If Fields can be good, you can be four and thirteen. I think there's no chance. There's, that's too extreme. That's that's so black and white. Not letting it, like not giving any sort of credence to the marginal to major growth that can happen to a roster in one offseason. I'm of the belief that you don't go from worst to first all that often because no. there's there's holes in your roster when that happens. Look at what happened with the Cincinnati Bengals. There were there were holes all along the offensive line. Joe Burrow got sacked a bajillion times that season, and that's a major reason why they lost the Super Bowl. 
if you do it the right way, if you build incrementally, like you can get a lot of really good players in here, and they have to spend. They have to hit that cash floor. They're going to be signing their own guys. They're going to be signing guys from other teams and, and free agents and all of that and being aggressive in the draft. Like If you do all of that and you're still 4-13, uh-uh. then, then jobs are on the line. Guys yeah. are getting fired. People are getting traded. Like that, That's a failure including, at that point. Including number one. Justin Fields. Because four and thirteen yeah. would tell me that he regressed, or we saw the ceiling last year, and he's not—he's not a top ten. He can't, doesn't have the capability to be a top ten quarterback in the NFL, and would certainly not be the answer for the Chicago Bears. But that's just—that's surprising that Cap would say that because he is such a Fields guy. Wow. And I would expect he just still fully believes this team can be terrible, but Fields can be good, and I. He was right about that this year. I don't think it can happen two years it, in a row. It won't happen two years in a row because the personnel around Fields will be so drastically different. And unless unless the staff is just terrible at evaluating talent, which I don't believe they are, again, I'll point to the day three picks. They had five players who played 15 games this year. Like, Even if you're terrible, you're not going to be having those sorts of numbers. They can clearly evaluate talent. So I just don't see that wouldn't sync up. That would that would say that everybody else around Fields was an epic failure, and they would have had to have made so many moves this off season to fill this roster that you'd say you literally got every pick wrong, mm-hmm. every free agent acquisition wrong, every draft pick wrong, and that's just that's so unlikely. Yeah, I hear that, and uh, it doesn't concern me because when Cap comes back, he'll change his opinion. So, so that's why I don't stand on what you just said, Shay, because in a week from now, he won't be saying the same thing. Is this the most important offseason in Chicago sports history? Plus, did the team the Bears are most linked to trading up blow up their plan? Now, think about this. we got some on the Indianapolis Colts that's coming up next uh, as uh, we keep you company here until 10 o'clock. On the ride into work, it's the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Cap and J-Hood. Good morning, Chicago. The Chicago Bulls will take on the Indiana Pacers and Naptown later on tonight. The Las Vegas Raiders officially released quarterback Derek Carr yesterday, avoiding a $40.4 million guarantee and freeing up nearly $30 million in cap space. The Eagles have officially lost both their coordinators after losing Super Bowl 57. Defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon filled the final head coaching vacancy yesterday, taking the head coaching job with the Arizona Cardinals. Northwestern will look to stay hot after uh, taking down number one Purdue tonight. They take on Indiana in Evanston. Also, Illinois went to Happy Valley yesterday and left with a loss to Penn State 93-81, falling to 7th place in the Big Ten. SIU Southern held on late to take on Valparaiso, and they won that game over Valpo 66-62 on the road. Jay Moore. Good morning. Glad you're along for the Captain Jay Hood Experience. We're here weekdays from 7 to 10 on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN. Hello. Chicago. Good morning. Right during that Vivid Seats uh, partnership ad, her little Sheila E., my wife and I, Peacock and I, went to City Winery last night to see Sheila E. at the City Winery on Randolph. She was outstanding. You talk about, think about the top drummers that you've ever seen. She's right there in the, in the team photo, top three, top five for me. She was outstanding. And here's what's so great about it. It was the, uh, the old people early bird special. It was a six o'clock show. She had two shows. We, we chose the early one, so that way we were home by 8.30, 9 o'clock. It was great. Because on a school night, if we would have taken, like, the 8.30 show, I would have been bleary-eyed and just barely getting in here. So, but it was fun. 
Sheila Yu is outstanding. She's Jay Moore. She's sixty five. She said sixty five. Where's time gone? Right. She don't even look it either. No, she does not. And she did all the hits, of course, as you just played earlier. So she was outstanding. It was a fun night last night. Did she cover any prints? Uh, always, always. Maybe one hit. Maybe one. Nice. A lot of talking, but also a lot of uh, experimenting. So she was fun last night, Sheila E. at the City Winery. I'm glad you had a nice Valentine's Day hoodie. You know what I did? Mm. I screamed at my television while that bum Matt Loddick and Valparaiso couldn't cover three and a half for me. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> did you see that bum? Well, wait a minute now. Hang on. What happened there? My wife and I, we did nothing for Valentine's Day. I actually think we're the normal ones for that. We celebrate every day of the year. We don't need February the 14th to celebrate our love for one another. So last night I spent my time watching this garbage Valparaiso team. <laughs> what has happened to this program? And I know Wait nobody cares, but it's just something i got to get off my chest. Okay. Because right. I gave this out to some of our Twitch listeners All yesterday. Right. Valpo plus three and a half. I had a very good feeling. With five seconds left, it's a three-point game. Yes. SIU hit, misses the front end of a free throw. Yes. I'm feeling good. Okay. They make the second. All I need is some garbage time basket. Okay. Half-court three-point bounces off the front of the rim, open putback, miss, game over. All right. Okay. Thanks a lot. Was, okay. Where was watching Missouri Valley basketball on your Valentine's bingo card? <laughs> I see enough of it. I took the night off. That Believe was me. Valentine's Day for me, Courtney. <laughs> Courtney? Screaming at my television. Courtney, I've been, I mean, I've been seeing it since November. I just need a night off from, from Missouri Valley. Two months. Yeah. just, just Two needed, months. Just needed a, a day. I'll, I'll be back at it tonight because UIC takes on Indiana State. I'll be calling that game on ESPN+. Plus. But just for the night, just a little drums, a little, uh, you know, a little music, a little wine. That's all I needed just for Valentine's Day. Glad you're with us here on this Wednesday morning on Kappa J Hood here on ESPN 1000. Is this the most important offseason in Chicago sports history for the Chicago Bears team? Plus, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Jim Irsay. <laughs> you think you got a coach? I got me a coach. We'll talk about that uh, momentarily here on Cap and J Hood. 312-332-3776. You're a Chicago sports fan. Where, where is this offseason rank? I know we're all waiting because Courtney and I have laid out number one pick. What are you going to do with it? You know, all this space uh, as far as uh, uh, cap room. You have all this opportunity to really reimagine your football team. So how important is this offseason for you? I, I, I want to do a little NFC exercise with you in just a moment. All right. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. I want to get to that in a moment. Uh, We've got to get to Karma because he's been holding patiently in North Riverside on ESPN 1000. All right, Karma. Hey, Hood, what's up? What's up, brother? All right, I want to talk about the best football free agency pickup that Chicago has got, and that is the young lady sitting to your right. Courtney, you're amazing. I love your takes. I love your uh, explanation of football and everything about it. Please continue to do what you do. Thank you, Carmen. Appreciate it. As far as the and, most and, important and, season. And, and also, Carmen, let me just tell you that no one spills coffee like. Uh, I, I, like I saw that on Did you see it on Twitch? Twitch? What's going on? Okay. Yeah. Let, let me just say the never missing a beat of that moment. Uh -huh. I, it happens. Hoodie looks at me like, what the hell did you just spill all over your computer? Hands slightly hands me. handing you wipes. He's handing me wipes. I mean, it's clean now. It doesn't smell like a macchiato in here, but it was. Um, that's what we call multitasking. Yes. That's what they don't teach you in journalism school. But um, well, hold on yeah. a second. How about how about your partner on the other side? Smoothly. I mean, absolutely. Smoothly. You could have called me out. You could no, have made no. fun of me in the moment. Which I mean, you would have been completely just in doing that. Yeah. But it was a total team effort. Yes. 
That's why they call you scheme transcendent. You can work with anybody. <laughs> That's exactly right. If you're right in the in the middle of your your thought, why interrupt it mm-hmm. by telling you by a flailing arm by saying, "Hey, Courtney Klutz, what are you doing there? <laughs> knocking your knocking your coffee over, <laughs> pro." But you know what? I didn't do that. Just you know, uh, in distress. There you go. I mean, there everybody you. needs a life vest That's every right. once in a while. How about a that, Carm? That's how you do it, Carm. So most important off season. Absolutely 100% agree. Look, like, as Bears fans, we have a massive PTSD for decades of mismanagement. But right now, we have four actual football people in the room. you got Poles, you got Floos, you got the assistant that Poles hired, and now we have a president that comes from football. Like, there's actual football people making decisions right now. Ted, George, they're gone. George is a fan. Ted's retired. Thank you. Like, this is it. We got the picks. We got the cash. We think, well, <laughs> some of us think we got the guy under center. Right. Like, let him cook. Let's see what happens. Like, I get it. Yes, the Bears are always going to screw it up. But, no, they're not. We don't know that. Okay, the guy's only got one draft under his belt. But we saw that he took minimal picks and traded back for more picks. All right, maybe the picks didn't work out. Maybe some of them did. But let him do his thing. Let him, let him, let's see what he's got. Like, I get it. It's been 35 years since an actual football person has made a decent decision in this city, mm-hmm. and that was Papa Bear. But now there's four football people in the room. Let's see what they can do. It's been one year. We waited 108 for the Sox. We waited 97-something. I'm sorry, 108 for the Cubs, 90-something for the Sox. Like, we can wait one more year. Let's see what we can do. I believe in the quarterback. I believe in the front office. Let's give him a, let, let's give him a chance. Carmen, we appreciate your phone call. Very to, good. Thank to, you. To his point about having actual football people in the room, <laughs> This, that's why this whole offseason is so important, because if you just had the draft capital, if you just had the salary cap space and the same people in roles that, you know, that this is breaking the systemic bind that has been rooted in the fabric of Hallis Hall for a very long time. And it started in earnest when Kevin Warren was hired last month, mm-hmm. where you have a team president who can come in with an outside voice and say, not just from like taking the, put the football stuff aside for right now. How do you run a business? How do you run a franchise? How do you get out of the pit of mediocrity? You bring somebody in who is a game changer and can shake things up. I mean, the guy just inked a $7 billion TV deal for the Big Ten. I think he knows what he's doing he does. on top of building a stadium. But getting different voices, I mean, it's as simple as different perspectives because you're recycling the same thought. And they had been doing that for a very long, for the entire existence in, with the Chicago Bears. And it started last year, you started shifting that last year when you see a first, you have a first-time general manager, somebody who had not been proven on that level, you give Ryan Poles a chance. You give Matt Eberflus a chance as his head coach. You arrange that marriage where two people are on the same page. And you say, all right. Sell me on why we need to be different. So after one season, now on the cusp of truly diving into making moves this offseason, you have a decision-making structure in place that's so different from what you previously had because there's different voices in the room. There's qualified, say it again, qualified voices making decisions where it's not just the same people and the same recycled thought and the same stuff that 
creates the systemic bind that had to be broken in the first place. It was it was mom and pop for a long time because that was a McCaskey and Ted. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it was. And so the mood changed when Ted retired because for a long time the criticism was, why does a financial guy have a say of the roster or the head coach? He doesn't know football. That was always the criticism, whether it was fair or unfair. And now I think Carmen makes the point, four guys at, at least at the top uh, know their football. Esteban is listening on the ESPN Chicago app in Colleen, Texas. Esteban. Good morning, Jay Hood. Good morning, Courtney. Morning. How you doing? Uh, yeah. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you, sir. Uh, I do believe that this is the most important offseason in Chicago's history. Um, this is a Bears town. It always will be. Um, and I definitely think that uh, with the staff that we have that will make the decisions, the right decisions for us to move forward, it is very important that we, we utilize every asset that we have this year to make sure that we have a, a, uh, a, a product that we can be proud of for not just one or two years, like, you know, Silver says Papa, but for a decade. I mean, we can definitely do that. And I think it's very important that we, we look at Houston and, and, uh, and Indy um, to, to trade up because it, it just like um, Cap was saying that he wanted a top five pick. I think if we get that first round pick, I think next year both of those teams will be picking somewhere within that 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 uh that pick. So very important. I'm and I'm very I'm very pleased and very confident that Ryan and them boys will do a great job in making sure that we have a sustainable success in Chicago, so we can see that. And I can brag to all the Texans and Cowboy fans here in this state. Go Bears, and you guys have a great day. Esteban, we appreciate your telephone call. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. Is this the most important offseason for you as a Chicago Bears fan, overall as a Chicago sports fan? We're taking your phone calls on that. Don't forget, we got Shot or No Shot coming up at 8 o'clock. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going into into darkness, and uh, my radio partner, David Kaplan, he's trying it as well. We'll hear from Cap coming up next. Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000, also on 100.3 FM HD2. Welcome back. Welcome Welcome back to Cap and Jay Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Shot or no shot comes your way at 8 o'clock right here on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000 with Courtney Cronin, Jay Hood with you. Cap is off today. Of course, we know, Courtney, that Aaron Rodgers uh, is going to start his, quote, darkness retreat uh, pretty soon here as he goes into solitude, darkness to kind of think about what his next plan is for the Green Bay Packers. Now, when you first heard this, I'm sure you had the same reaction I had, like what, what darkness retreat? You need to go someplace uh, with no lights, um, with no furniture, just sitting in a home alone in darkness you had to think that's really unorthodox right i did and i did a little research into it to find out what a darkness retreat was because uh-huh. when he announces it on pat mcafee pat has the same reaction everybody else has. he's like what is that man you go into a cave like and we have these we have these reactions to things that are unorthodox yes. where you don't like, kind of i take the stance of don't knock it until you try it and i'm i was giving him some credence for a while like if this is what you need to do to get your mind right after nearly two decades with the Green Bay Packers, before you decide, am I going to con- do I love this sport enough to continue to play it? Because if he moves somewhere else, it's a it's not just hey, I'm Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay, bringing all of my accolades with me. He's starting over in a lot of respects, even though he has the you know tutelage to his name of who he is. 
So if you need the, t- to the time to go into the darkness to do that, that's fine. And I think that there are things that we do as human beings that get made fun of that maybe if we were a little bit more tolerant, that'd be, you know, that'd be warranted. But then I changed my opinion because the whole thing with the McAfee show yesterday and him going on and them like delaying the darkness. Oh, is he supposed to be in the darkness on Monday? Is he supposed to be on Tuesday? It's becoming a charade at this point. Just go and stop talking about it. That's exactly right. It is. Look at me. I'm going on a darkness retreat and I don't care. But you know who does care is my radio partner, David Kaplan. And because he just can't stop telling everybody everything, every little detail, every granular detail about his life, because we now know that he said before he left that he was going to go to Los Angeles. But, of course, that uh, did not hold waters because he's in Jamaica, because he's telling everybody, look at me, I'm in Jamaica. Well, because of this, because of this, we knew where he was going, and we put a microphone uh, in his uh, in his home in Jamaica, where he's staying, in the resort. And he decided that he also wants to go into this darkness retreat. His wife's not around. It's just him in Jamaica in the darkness. Uh, let's uh, see if we can pick up on what's going on this morning in uh, Cap's darkness retreat. All right, here we go. <sighs> Finding some peace of quiet that everyone thinks I can do this. All these days in this house, no light, sitting here in darkness, alone with my thoughts. This is the best. This is phenomenal. No scores, no Twitter, no people. Sparkles, take that. That's fine. Thank you very much. We'll check in on him in an hour from now, see if he's any better. That uh, that did not sound good. Sounds like he was actually in a cave. Well, he's in a home. There's no there's no furniture in it. That's and what it sounds pitch like. Black. Yeah, it's pitch black. Boy, he really hates Chris and Adam. Well, it sounds like it. I mean, he's alone <laughs> his thoughts, and he wanted everyone to know in his uh, own home by himself in the dark that <laughs> he hates Black and Abdallah. I don't know. He's got a good scene voice in there with no furniture, though, in the darkness. He's got time to hone it. I mean, he never really <laughs> sings, though. Like, we got the great example there of him do-do-doing all over the place. That's all he does. Yeah. Walks around this office, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. So that's all he's going to do in the darkness. That doesn't sound too good. Well, we'll check in with him in an hour and see if he's okay. That's, uh, that's, that sounds tough. Uh, speaking of darkness, here's Jim Irsay. Uh, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. Now, he had everyone convinced, by the way, as Frank Reich was let go, that um, Jeff Saturday was going to be the savior, the elixir to fix what was going on with the Indianapolis Colts. And he come to find out that that didn't work at 1-7. and seven. So he has a new coach in place. What's his name? Shane Steichen. Yeah, Shane Steichen is, is the new head coach for the, for the Indianapolis Colts. 
And Jim Irsay, and, and here's, again, non-football people, even though he's the owner, you, you let the owner be privy to the plans, and then he just, like, leaks it out. We're not hiding. You know, no one can shy away from the fact what quarterback means in this league and how we have to look going forward where, where Shane and Chris really, you know, dig into this draft and really see where you're at. Do you stay put? Do you trade up? You know, there, there's many things you can do. Uh, they took Jalen in the second round. So, trade um, back. Yeah, trade back. So, um, he likes that'll picks. Be a, that'll be a Twitter freaking clone. <laughs> he, he likes picks. Uh, 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 although the Alabama guy doesn't look bad, I tell you. Um, oh, but uh, uh, it'll, be, it'll be exciting, and I think that shows um, that we have talent here, those games. So we're looking forward um, to Shane really coming in and utilizing that talent. Okay, if you are Chris Ballard, you are just um, perplexed of why the owner would put out some of the Colts draft plans, maybe. Why would he do that? Why? He always said, it was up until this season, he always said he wouldn't get in the way and meddle with what's going on in his organization. Yet when the trust in him started to wane, that's when he steps in and hires his friend, his drinking buddy, Jim, uh, Jeff Saturday, to come and take this team to a 1-7 finish. Like... I don't know what went wrong outside of the very obvious that they couldn't get the quarterback spot right. And they kept trying, kept failing, kept trying, kept failing. And Jim Irsay then just steps in it. And now he can't get out of it. No, he cannot. He can't get out of his own way. I mean, there was the video of him talking at the podium about this thing and effectively letting the cat out of the bag. Mm -hmm. That's... uh, it's going to be a rough, rough <laughs> offseason for anybody working in the front office in Indy. Poor Chris Ballard had to deal with that. We like the kid from Alabama. <laughs> you tell me. Be quiet. How about that? Let the general manager generally manage the team. Shot or no shot. Two minutes on Chicago's Home for Sports.